I absolutely agree with that. I thought this was, first of all, I agree with your analysis. This is the first case we've seen where enforcement action was brought under this act, but more importantly, we're having an ineffective cyber compliance program. So that in and of itself made this significant to me. This is Tom Fox. Welcome to the award-winning Compliance into the Weeds, a podcast where with, with my good friend and colleague, Matt Kelly, we take a deep dive into a compliance or compliance-related issue each week. This week, we take up the Verizon enforcement action where Verizon paid a four-plus million dollar fine for not having an effective cybersecurity compliance program. This is the first such uh, enforcement action involving this new act, and I know you will enjoy this episode. The award-winning Compliance Into the Weeds is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back again with Matt Kelly for another episode of the award-winning Compliance Into the Weeds. Welcome back, Matt. Hi, Tom. Good to be here. Matt, I, last week there was a, a very interesting enforcement action under the False Claims Act, which actually caught both of our eyes. You blogged about it, and I wanted to see if maybe we could explore it a little bit. Uh, could you uh, set the background for us? Yeah, sure. So this is uh, an enforcement action from the Civil Division of the Justice Department, along with the Government Services Administration, against a subsidiary of Verizon, Verizon Business Network Services. I'm just going to shorthand that as Verizon. But um, this division of Verizon is an IT services subsidiary that sells its IT services to a lot of different corporate customers, including federal government agencies. And the issue here is that from 2017 to 2021, uh, Verizon had been selling basically internet connection services to numerous federal agencies, but it did not have a completely effective cybersecurity program as required by the contract and by the federal government. So the Justice Department and the GSA, they took that as Uh, a violation of the False Claims Act, which, of course, uh, many people probably know, says that uh, you, the government contractor, can be held liable if you either overcharge the government for services you deliver or you under-deliver whatever services were promised. Uh, And it is an anti-fraud measure. It is a big, big moneymaker for the federal government. They routinely impose billions in False Claims Act penalties across a wide range of industries, usually healthcare, But as you can see in this case, it can apply to any government contractor. But, Tom, this is the first time I can recall where we have seen that the failure to have an effective cybersecurity program would qualify as not delivering the promised services. So therefore, we, the federal government, are going to impose a False Claims Act sanction. Um, I don't recall that happening before. If other listeners out there know that I'm wrong, by all means, please let me know. Uh, Verizon Business Network Services wound up paying $4.1 million in a civil settlement. Uh, They neither confirm nor deny any of the allegations and all of the usual stuff. And we can talk about the uh, praise that they did win from the Justice Department for voluntary self-disclosure, cooperation, remediating the compliance program and all the usual stuff. 
But that is the big news here, is that a substandard IT cybersecurity program wound up being the vehicle for a False Claims Enforcement Act, which was probably not something that is a rare bird to see. Well, Matt, and and I absolutely agree with that. Uh, I thought this was, uh, first of all, I agree with your analysis. This is the first case we've seen where enforcement action was brought under this act, but more importantly, for having an ineffective cyber compliance program. Uh, So that in and of itself made this significant to me. And I hope not just listeners of this podcast, but literally every other federal contractor will take note of this, uh, because even though this was a self-disclosure, it clearly portends potential uh, enforcement action uh, by uh, the Department of Justice on a wide range of cyber-related, or excuse me, just contractors who are required to have a cyber program. So I thought that was significant. I think every federal contractor, I hope the federal contractor blogging and uh, podcasting world is making a big deal out of this case because I certainly think it is going forward. You mentioned uh, the the DOJ applauding Verizon for the steps they took. Could we maybe unpack those a little bit and see how that might relate to other compliance issues or, or these sort of basic steps that you would see a compliance function engage in uh, on a routine basis? Uh, it's probably closer to the latter. Uh, it is a, it's, a lot of it should sound very familiar to FCPA compliance uh, professionals and others who have dealt with uh, government compliance programs before that they won plaudits for <clears throat> Uh, voluntary self-disclosure when they, Verizon, discovered the three cybersecurity controls they had not implemented. Um, So voluntary self-disclosure, a lot of uh, cooperation with the federal government on uh, its investigation into what Verizon had done, and Verizon fully cooperated. I know that they had done their own internal investigation and kind of supplied all of that information to the feds. So, okay, there's the second prong of the corporate enforcement policy, number one, disclosure, number two, cooperation, and then number three, remediation. Um, There was a lot of remediation that the Justice Department called out for some praise. Uh, I I have some of it right here. So an extensive root cause analysis, not just irregular root cause analysis, but an extensive one to figure out why those three controls were not implemented correctly. implementing compensating controls right away as soon as Verizon figured out, oh, crap, we don't have these three. It might take us a while to get them up to par. Let's implement compensating controls. Um, They did a line-by-line review of the system security plan, which is an actual term for IT services that you are providing to the federal government. You are expected to have an SSP. Um, Then Verizon had updated that plan. Uh, They also established a compliance center of excellence to improve the company's use of cybersecurity compliance frameworks, uh, other investments in the GRC program, and then disciplining employees who had allowed this failure to happen, including one manager who apparently got fired. Um, So just to give you a brief background here, there were three specific controls that should have been implemented according to the framework that Verizon was supposed to follow called the Trusted Internet Connection, TIC. Uh, The TIC Reference 2 document, I think it was, TIC 2.2. But anyways, there are three specific controls that that framework said you should have. They didn't have it. 
And so they engaged in this extensive remediation to figure out why didn't we, let's clean up that mess, let's improve our compliance framework uh, patterns and behaviors generally, and then the personnel uh, adjustments, including a termination. So look, all of that should sound really familiar to FCPA professionals. It's just you're not doing cyber stuff, you're doing corruption stuff, but disclosure, cooperation, root cause analysis, firing the employees who were uh, behind this, um, remediating the failure. It's all same stuff, different subject, uh, but that's really what went on here. So um, you conclude your podcast, or excuse me, your blog post with a word about tools. Uh, so maybe we could geek out a little bit and go into the weeds on some of the tools that you see in this space uh, and use that as uh, maybe opening for some broader discussions. Yeah, so my point is merely that if you are a large company, you have a ton of cybersecurity regulations that you must comply with. Uh, so HIPAA for healthcare privacy. If you are a retailer of some kind, you have PCI DSS, which governs credit card data. Um, if you are in financial services, you have the uh, Graham Leach Bliley Act governs financial data from your customers. You have the GDPR. If you're handling anything, be with European citizens, and we could go on and on. Uh, if you're a government contractor specifically, you also have a couple of frameworks from NIST. Uh, that is the agency that publishes cybersecurity frameworks. Uh, these are freely available to any organization. I am a big fan of NIST and what it does because it does put out very good frameworks that any company could use if you wanted, and many companies have to use to comply with federal contracting rules. So if you are handling, I think it's called confidential unclassified information, you have to obey the NIST 853 framework. If you are handling more sensitive defense information, it's NIST 800-171. So I have rattled off, what, a half a dozen frameworks that you would have to obey. The vast majority of those frameworks are kind of sort of similar. So you could very easily have one compliance control satisfy multiple framework obligations if you actually know that these are my controls and they map to these frameworks here, and now I can kill three or four birds with one stone, wouldn't that be great? Uh, to do that with spreadsheets and email and Word documents and whatnot, you might as well throw yourself off a cliff. You're not going to be able to do it. So you do need these GRC framework tools. There are numerous vendors out there who would be more than happy to talk to you about how awesome their stuff is. Some of their stuff might actually be awesome. You know, I'm not going to endorse any particular vendor here and now, but this is what they will help you with. And this is the thing that compliance, company, uh, compliance functions need to be able to do. You need to be able to map out all of your compliance obligations, see where they overlap, and then tie them to your controls, see where those controls might satisfy multiple obligations, or figure out where you don't have a control, you're going to need to put one in. That's cybersecurity compliance inside of 60 seconds. I have vastly oversimplified the challenge, but my point is simply that this is this cannot be done at a manual process any longer, not for a large multinational company. Um, the consequences for getting it wrong can be quite painful. So you do need to think through how do we automate or otherwise structure our efforts here. 
and GRC tools are going to wind up being the thing you use to do it. And there's any number of tools out there that can help. And I'd like to circle back uh, to one of the points you raised in your blog post that we discussed, and that's the remediation for cybersecurity failures. And you walk through in some detail what uh, Verizon did uh, in terms of the steps they did after they voluntarily self-disclosed. And it struck me in, in listening to you uh, there that you have uh, this enforcement action and your blog post lay out a roadmap that a company could utilize to make sure that they do have an effective cybersecurity program and they could utilize some of the tools uh, that you mentioned. And I say all of, all of that as an introduction to the following, that there's no obligation to self-disclose, just as there's no obligation to self-disclose under the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. But this enforcement action lays out uh, a roadmap for other companies to look at and perhaps uh, uh, either pressure test or do a gap analysis of their cybersecurity compliance program. And if they find efficiencies, they can remediate uh, without self-disclosure. I recognize risks come with that. But I want to emphasize you don't have to self-disclose as Verizon did in this case. Uh, you can remediate, fix the problem, and go forward. So it strikes me that this enforcement action lays out uh, a roadmap to, to check or test, then to remediate, uh, then monitor and test, and improves as necessary. Any really thoughts on that as you've laid it out in your blog post? Well, I think you are um, right for what you are raising, although I want everybody to be clear. There are other regulations and laws out there that do require some companies to disclose, to the feds at least, um, certain cyber attacks. If you are a power utility and you are under attack by a foreign government, you are going to have to disclose that to a bunch of people as soon as you can. And that is the law if you are in critical infrastructure. Um, now, you are only disclosing it to the feds. You are not putting it into 10Q. I suppose you could if you wanted to. But there are certain laws around critical infrastructure that um, you know mandate that you must report to Department of Homeland Security or the Center for Internet um, Structure Agency. I'm free, CISA. I forget CISA's full acronym. But CISA and DHS and a few others, they do have to, uh, you do have to report incidents to them if you are in critical infrastructure. And like there are 16 different sectors that count as critical infrastructure, so it's a lot. Um, what we are talking about here is a government contractor. Technically, no, you are correct, Tom. You don't have to disclose, but the Justice Department did launch a new program, the Cyber Fraud Initiative, last year or maybe late 2021, where they are clearly looking to reframe the calculus that companies might be engaging in to talk themselves into the conclusion that, you know, we don't really need to disclose this. We'll just remediate. The Justice Department really doesn't like that. It, they're not going to change the law to mandate disclosure, I don't think. But what they are going to do is that what they have done, what they have said that they will do is use the threat of false claims enforcement to make you revisit the wisdom of your decision not to disclose and give them more of a greater incentive, much more leniency, if you do disclose out of the goodness of your corporate heart. And that is exactly what this Verizon enforcement action, I think, is meant to convey to people, is that, um, you know, there's a lot of remediation Verizon undertook. 
which leads me to think that this actually was rather bad, uh, this flaw, uh, despite the rather genteel description of it in the Justice Department settlement order. Uh, but, you know, we're firing people. We have compensating controls right away. And what that doesn't sound good to me. So I think that if Verizon had decided not to disclose this, they legally might have been in the clear, ethically dubious. And then eventually, if Verizon, if uh, the Justice Department had found out about it, I suspect the False Claims Act and, and sanction that they wound up with probably would have been much more painful. Um, so that is something that people do have to think about. But this is a lot like the FCPA corporate enforcement policy. Um, you know, do you need to disclose legally? No, you could try and keep quiet and hope nobody notices. But they have designed the corporate enforcement policy now to really give companies a lot of incentives to step forward and disclose. It's that dynamic applied to cyber issues in government contracting now. That's what we are seeing. And I don't think Verizon will be the last one that we will see. This is just a good doobie test case to show other people, other corporate offenders out there, that there is good reason to disclose your issues to the contracting agency. Well, can I just delete uh, the phrase from your comments from the goodness of your corporate heart and replace it with a quote from your blog post, uh, quote, walk away with a $4.1 billion penalty, which is chump change for a company as huge as Verizon? It is chump change for Verizon. That is true. Uh, but, you know, smaller IT services companies, I could easily see that if you went the alternative route of trying to cover it up and hoping nobody notices and then someone notices, including a whistleblower who would therefore be able to get part of the bounty, like I don't think the Justice Department would take kindly to a company keeping this covered up and quiet. And a lot of these IT service contractors out there are not Verizon. They are not huge. And you could wind up with a very big problem on your hand. This is Tom Fox again. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the award-winning Compliance Into the Weeds. We've linked to Matt's blog posts on this topic in the show notes. I hope you will check out the blog post for more information. I also hope you will listen to some of the new podcasts on the Compliance Podcast Network. We premiered a podcast uh, with Richard Blundell on sustainability, the business opportunity of the 21st century, Fox on podcasting, where I take a meta look at podcasting and compliance and AI. We are also developing some additional new shows, which will premiere in July. It's quite an exciting time on the Compliance Podcast Network. If you'd like to be a part of the Compliance Podcast Network, please give me a shout. I'm available at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. Thanks so much for listening. We look forward to visiting with you again. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.